Hello and welcome to the Event Tech Pull-Up. My name is Tess Fismail and my partner in crime, everyone says, is... Keith Johnston with i3 Events. <laughs> it's never I, getting better. It's never I, I, getting better. I, I, I can't introduce myself like that. I can't do a big over-the-top thing. I've just never been an over-the-top guy. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, listeners and viewers, what we're going to do is going to let him intro the next time, right? The next one, we're going to let him do it, and I'm just going to stay here and let him introduce the entire show. <laughs> Not a problem. You know how boring that's going to be? <laughs> we'll, let, uh, we'll, we'll let them decide. Hopefully, they'll put some comments in and then let us decide. We are very Hi, happy. everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the, to the what are we? <laughs> event tag pull up <laughs> and not like a diaper Keith. <laughs> what am I a huggy? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. Wait, am I a huggy? No, it depends. <laughs> oh, oh no, this is gonna be great. Oh my goodness. So uh boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and seniors <laughs> happy to have you here. Uh, we are um, amazed at the growth of the show and how it's been flowing and going. And we really appreciate all the comments that you've been sending and um, people who've been able to share it with their tribes and their networks. And please continue to do so because we really love developing this content um, for you um, on a regular basis. Keith, isn't that right? Well, yeah, it gives me something to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> And on to the news of the day in Event Tech Central. Well, they're pulling up with us to listen to the news, Keith. Can you believe it? I know, right? Um, but we got cool news today anyway. Um, and the first one, the first thing that we're going to talk about is... It's from my favorite platform in the entire world. Which my is now very back first. To, but now it's back to being my favorite platform. And you should it, have it, never it, left us. I... I Oh, I didn't really leave. I just stopped participating as much. I'm just saying, we're always tried and true. And and what platform is it, Tess? <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> it um, is Twitter. Yes, and and <laughs> so Twitter has finally jumped on the bandwagon and done something similar to Stories. Um, you know, those wonderful disappearing things that you can post and then after a certain amount of time, they're gone. Um, they're now called fleets. Um, I would guess that that's because they're fleeting. Um, <clears throat> but They're the, tweets that fleet. The, the, with feet. They, they beat it after a while. Um, <laughs> but the great thing, the one cool thing that I think that I really like about what Twitter's done is you can include links and such uh, in them. So... For events and conferences, think of what you can do with the disappearing tweet. <sighs> Your amazing. early bird, right? If you want to get people in and watch for the tweet, it's only going to last 24 hours. Boom, get it you in. can do it. And here's your link, and this is how yeah. you can do it. Yeah, and then some of the actual event-related stuff, like at, while you're at a conference, right, you can, you can put things out there that you know are going to go away. Yes, at the conference, you want to have tweets that will stay there forever and be a part of history, but there's some stuff that's like really, uh, you know, don't forget uh, this session starts in an hour, right? right? That doesn't really need to be in your timeline forever. So this is a great way to have those just kind of disappear. 
And you can do text over videos and not just pictures. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, they, they, just saying, Keith, you know, my platform, when we, when we innovate, we innovate the right way. Just saying. And it might take I, a minute, but we're going to do it. Well, we you know, the platform known to man. Well, and here's the thing, right? There is something to be said for letting everyone rush out the door and do what they're going to do because then you can watch them all get hit by cars and then you then know how to cross the street correctly. I don't know where that analogy came from. <laughs> okay. Okay. But for events, I mean, there we've talked about forever. There is no better platform um, for live face-to-face -face events. And that is, you have to use Twitter because it is the essence. It's, it's, it's the breadth of which um, it, it makes the conversations move. Um, it, it, it's pushed every aspect of content to a different level because things move swiftly and fast there. Yeah. So, but I have a question and yes. I'm going to, I'm going to pose there. it to you. Yeah. Um, do we think that Twitter is going to have a problem with growth, right? Bringing in new users only because <clears throat> of basically the political aspect of it. And I'm not even going to mention that name. Um, like a lot of people who aren't on Twitter avoid Twitter because it, it just, if you watch on the news or whatever, it sounds like Twitter is a cesspool of hell. Um, right. When it really isn't, um, you know, just depends on who you follow, but um, you know, is that going to stunt its growth with new users? No, I don't think so. Matter of fact, I think this would give, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I think um, with the pandemic that we have, we actually have two pandemics now. Um, one we've had for centuries, but another one uh, just came upon us. Like 500 and years. Just it's probably more than that, but yeah. <laughs> so, but so, so with people realizing how we're inside sheltering in place, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have the same access as that we normally did before social and everything that's coming from a digital perspective is how we're consuming everything. I think more people who have now focused to this square here, if you will, sometimes rectangular, but square, realize that they are getting fast information on a regular basis. They can judge whether things are accurate or not, right? But they're getting informed in that platform because these pandemics have pushed people to have to use these outlets well. And they are seeing the differences, I think, more between a Twitter, a Facebook, um, you do the whole nine. And, and, you know, we've educated that there are differences and they're not all the same. You go to them for different reasons, but mm -hmm. I think this is forcing people. And it's, it's like time is time and the events have pushed people to realize, oh yeah, I do realize more people are on. It's almost like when we talked about Twitch on our first episode, I think it was our right. first or second episode, and how Twitch, is it a fad? Is it something that, right. or TikTok, if you will, a fad, you know, that people are just going through temporarily and then when um, our new normal comes back and settles a different way, are they going to stay there or get off of it, right? No, Twitter is staying in the test of time. I mean, true. <laughs> well, and, and, and when it comes to, you know, the protests, it's, a, it's one of the best ways to get news, right? And you've got to have your BS meter on, right? When, whenever you look at any, any social platform for that, for, 
to to have that BS meter going. But or like, any person or any or anything. Right. <laughs> so, but as you know, things are. I'm watching, let's say CNN, and I'm getting, and they keep flipping between, um, you know, this is what's going on in Washington and Seattle and LA and Chicago. But, but Chicago, they're only hitting on every 20 minutes or 30 minutes or so. So I'm getting very small news from my town on CNN. On Twitter, I can go and I can literally watch people that are down there that are either broadcasting video live or pictures. And if you're, if you are a halfway intelligent human being, um, right, you can see the stuff that you shouldn't pay any attention to, right? Mm -hmm. I, I look at it and go, Oh, that's not correct. Right. And I can move on and I can make a, a snap judgment on, on, you know, what is quality and what isn't. And I think what a lot of people don't understand about Twitter is, you know, I have a friend that's in, that's in news broadcasting um, she, on radio. Uh, but she's on Twitter, right? So that stuff that it doesn't make it make the cut or, or because they only have 20 seconds to deliver their story on Twitter, you can actually from from reputable news sources, you can continue to get the rest of the story, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Within seconds. Keith, yes. Within seconds. I've told people it's within seconds. You will yep. see and hear what's going on and you can make informed decisions. The, right. the second I see anything on the on the TV or whatever that says breaking news, the it's, first app I open is Twitter. Yeah, because it's already broken. Yep. It really truly is. And it's, you know, it's about curating the content after that, not necessarily breaking a story per se. So it's really different. So what's our next thing? Um, yes, everyone knows I can spend 100 years on Twitter. I, I mean, I can, I count open. I, and I need to look at what my date is. I think it was April of 2009. Uh, yeah, you're right around the same. We're right around the same time. Hmm. You go and do the next. Oh, okay. And I will so, look at my date. <laughs> so the next one we're going to talk about is WhatsApp. Uh, and WhatsApp had a little bit of a problem <laughs> with security That's in funny. that um, people's phone numbers were actually showing up in Google search. Um, now, don't panic. WhatsApp has fixed that problem. But... If a company like Facebook, by the way, Facebook owns WhatsApp, can have an issue, a security issue where they don't realize that phone numbers are bleeding out on Google search, you might want to look at your own data. Um, and a really, really good way to do this is to go to Google, <clears throat> type in the acronym for your event, like the XYZ039-2020 uh, attendee list. Just put that into Google and see what pops up. Because what happens a lot of times is people don't realize that they're sharing things like Excel spreadsheets and that, and it is so easy for your attendee data to leak in ways that you don't expect. Yeah, um, exactly. It, and, it, and it can scare people half to death, right? Um, oh yeah. It feels like they have this. But again, you know, we've had a security ex cybersecurity expert on here. We've had a Congress person who uh, leads committees on cybersecurity. Um, and this, it's still the same. No one's perfect, right? No. You can't lock everything down. Again, we're trying to educate our audience to realize it's okay if there's a mistake, just fix it and just be more conscientious about the things you do and how you do them differently. Yeah. Well, and did, you know, and one of the biggest problems in the, in the conference industry or trade show or whatever, live events industry are poachers, 
right? Those people that come and they poach your, your exhibitors to book hotel rooms and they, they misrepresent themselves as, as being a part of your event. It's a huge problem. I mean, even small, even small events that we do are now having a problem with poachers. Mm -hmm. The question is, where do you think the poachers are getting their information for your event? A lot of times they're searching Google and finding these spreadsheets and they literally give them all the data. It's got the name, it's got the contact and it's It's got got their phone number. It's got everything. Yeah. Definitely. So look through some sources in which you can, you know, how can some cloud-based sources where you can share folders versus sending in an email be helpful to you? You know, how can you stop sending attachments? You know, there are ways in which you can do that. Um, And Keith and I have surprises for you in another episode about some ways in which you can learn how to do some things soon. We do. Yeah, we We do. do. Because we plot and we plan, Tess. I mean, you know, we do. We can't tell them now, Keith. <laughs> we got to get to the next news segment. What else is up there? So, so um, you have so you have Twitter. It's my favorite app. WhatsApp, of course, is my favorite app too. What's you next? got a lot of favorites there. I know uh, so you just shooting them all down. Today. The next one is actually one of my favorite companies in the world. Uh, um, believe it or not, is Google. Uh, it is. Um, and okay, and what what are they calling it this week? That's my biggest problem with Google <laughs> is they shift names every like four days. Okay, um, so. The old Google Hangouts, which is now Google Meets, which is whatever. Um, but when you're in a video call with Google now, they are actually, they've added background noise canceling. And the, it is. It's really cool. And the cool thing is it works. <laughs> so if you are in a coffee shop, for example, or if you are actually, maybe you're at a live event and it's in the background and you have to do a video call. Um, you can actually do this now in Google Meet and it will, it even, it takes out keyboard clicks and pen clicks and background noise and all that stuff to make you sound better in your for online meetings. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Which means if Google, now Google worked on this for, they, it's AI <clears throat> that does it. Yeah. Um, they are using their own internal meetings um, to teach the AI. Mm-hmm. They will not be using your meetings um, to teach the AI. But the, but the cool thing is I think now that Google has it and it's out there, I think other companies are going to be thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. So I think that the zooms of the world and the Microsoft teams and X, Y, Z, um, they'll all start working on how to reduce background noise. I think Microsoft already does a pretty good job with it. Um, but I think that only benefits everybody. Yes, I totally agree. Matter of fact, that sign up for Kumpel of the conferences, the AI conferences that Google had in reference to, you know, voice activation and some other things. So yeah, there's some really good geeky stuff that's going to come out um, for the consumer soon. Because, you know, when we even were looking for equipment, people were saying, what equipment should we get? You know, I have always for the longest tried to get, (laughs) Keith and my team know this, Oh my gosh. How many headphones I've gone through, Lord. Because because <laughs> I'm and, always and, and we were I'm, talking about it like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> sorry, that's the funniest thing. Is because I wanted to get something that actually cancels out background noise for the other person. Not so much me, meaning I'm you know, right? I'm talking about when I'm talking to you, you can hear everything around me. And there's not many headsets that will do that without you actually plugging in. Wireless is harder to do that from an audio standpoint. People don't or have not realized that. So um, 
this is good yeah. to see that they're putting it in actually the tech that's delivering the service. I, st I still got my crappy $20 Sony headphones. Yeah, and, and awesome. I got my not so inexpensive AI, AI, AI headphones that are built for DJs actually. So I get to yeah, hear And what, what did I say earlier? In-ear monitors where they push the wax? <laughs> Yeah, because they get the kind of to push the wax in. I was like, push the wax in. Your ear wax? I'm like, no, no. like form fitting wax. Great, <laughs> right, exactly. Now that is really futuristic. Great. Right. Uh huh. There you go. <laughs> so, Keith, let's uh, wrap up the news segment. Those are great things. And actually, those are three of my favorite, um, uh, two of my favorite companies and one of my favorite apps. So, really excited to hear that. And we don't. Tech is not perfect. We're always saying tech is not perfect. Nothing's perfect. <laughs> what was that line from The Breakfast Club? The world is an imperfect place. Yes. Screws fall out. <laughs> Gosh, you took me back, Keith. I love The Breakfast Club. I know, Club. right? That hey, so, hey, my son's 14. We watched The Breakfast Club a couple weeks ago. Oh, good. See, making good use of that self-sheltering in place time. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting ready for our next guests, Zita and Lori from RegMatch. Really excited to have them. It's going to be very cool. Welcome back. We are excited to bring up two lovely ladies who mean so much to me in the event technology world. Keith is excited. I'm as excited. And I'm sure our audience is saying, gosh, could they get any more excited? Every week they say the same words. But we do really do have joy around the things that we do. And most importantly, the people that make our industry what it is around event technology. So I will tell you a little bit about a company. It is called RegMatch and RegMatch does badge creation and they are designed as a foundation for almost seven decades of combined experience these ladies and their team have within the meetings and events industry. And what they say in a slogan that I love the most is it is pretty much designed by meeting professionals for meeting professionals. So that's a totally different take when it comes to, to event tech that we are experiencing. Because oftentimes with the big boys, they are business-minded people who may be developers for developing products and enter our industry, um, become large conglomerates, you know, from mergers and takeovers, or they're the smaller groups who, you know, startups are doing this. But in this case, we have two women who are like us, meeting professionals, who designed a product and said, you know what, that's not working for me. I, you know, I think it needs to be done a little bit differently. And I want to welcome them to the show. So our co-founders are Zita Steglich-Ross and Lori Burke, who are both CMPs like myself. And they developed their expertise, I'll tell you just a little bit about them, um, from their heels on the ground experience. Starting from the ground up, both roles to meeting, meeting and convention planning executive roles for their industries, including hospitality, government, association, transportation, healthcare technology, and destination marketing. This dynamic group embraced their entrepreneurial spirits after successful careers um, in creating, uh, this is Zita has her own uh, website, it's called 
Steglitz Ross, which is a boutique full service destination event planning and marketing company located in Orlando, nice and hot down there, and I'm in Hotlanta. And then uh, Lori, Miss Burke, she has LLB Enterprises, which in February 1999 was offering conference support and trade show management. So long histories and combined, I know they have a plethora of experience in the industry. So let me tell you a little bit more about the two of them in terms of their experiences. So Zeta was on the advisory board of the uh, University of Central Florida's Hospitality um, and Tourism and has previously served as board member of the African American Chamber of Commerce of Central Florida, which is great, exciting. I come from academia as well. And the Central Florida Urban League and working with Florida's Hall of Fame, Highwaymen Art Artist Inc. And as an advocate for small business development, she's the editor of Diverse City, Orlando, a multicultural guide for Orlando, which provides exposure for African-American, Hispanic, and Asian small businesses to visitors in the Orlando community. So there's diversity in her, uh, her uh, pedigree as well. And then Lori, who is dear to my heart, of course, uh, is a member of the Professional Conference and Management Association, as we know, PCMA, board member of the National Coalition of Meeting Professionals. And she also mentors first-time members and lends her services to her church, Alfred Street Baptist Church in Old Town, Alexandria. So she is was in the DMV area and moved to Florida. So we understand how that move goes. So Lori and Zita, thank you for being here. Keith, did I miss anything with that intro? No. <clears throat> Uh, no, actually, you didn't miss anything, um, but it is going to lead right into my first question, and it's one that it's, well, welcome, ladies. I, sh I should start with that, um, <laughs> but, but I, I t meeting and event technology is, is my favorite thing in the whole world, and my biggest complaint about meeting and event technology is that typically it is not created by people who can't come from the meeting and event industry, right? So, and, and there's one company that I'm thinking of in particular uh, that's located out west um, that it was a bunch of, of people who had no, no experience at all in the meetings and events industry, but they had a great idea. And so they've created this product but it doesn't work the way a meeting planner would want it to work, right? <laughs> it works how they think it should work. Um, and the flip side on that is they also then don't listen to when they get some feedback. Um, so knowing that the both of you have have a background in meetings and events, um, it's thrilling to me. Um, it would be exciting to me to learn how did you guys come up with RegMatch? Where did that come from? Um, because, uh, you know, you guys have the background and, and I've used your product before. So, you know, it worked well. Um, so a little bit. So tell us a little bit about how you guys came up with the idea and how you created it. So I'd like to start by sharing that Lori and I have been friends for over thir over 25 years. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I do the same. I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, it's it. No, it's more than Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's been, you know, our entire lives because we, we are good friends. We get along well. We, we work, our work ethic is very similar and, um, you know, she's been a meeting planner for a very long time and actually a very good meeting planner. And I've, I've, uh, I've, I've subcontracted for her. I've assisted her with many of her meetings um, around the country, all over the country, actually. And, and it was a great, you know, I loved it. 
but what, when working with her and, and, and we started just talking through on some of the challenges that her clients uh, were facing and that's how the conversation started. And she said, Zita, I, I really want this, this um, you know, to make this happen. And these are some of the challenges that I see with her expertise, because I was really a contractor at the time. And so she had more experience and knowledge on what, um, you know, the complaints or the obstacles that her customers were, were facing. So we, we sat down and we talked about it and molded over and, and that's how it started, uh, you know, just two, actually three gals sitting together and, um, you know, putting our heads together and, and figuring out how do we make this work? Uh, and, and I think that's really how it all started a couple of years ago. Wonderful. So when we we're thinking about um, the win, like it, what was the impetus? Was it, what was that last straw, Lori? that said, I've been thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, but what sparked that match is it now? And when was it? I've had the thought for quite some time, going through meeting planning for, from, for agencies from government to association to corporate, and everyone wanted different things, the requirements were different, the pricing structure was different, and you know they liked the bells and whistles that the big boys are putting up but really couldn't afford it. So about a couple years ago, we started, you know, I started thinking about, you know, can, can we do this? So I was talking to Zita and, and I said, this is what I see. We need something that's easy, that is affordable, and we can build on it at our leisure or as it, the industry commands. So um, I think it was just I was moving to the Orlando area and decided, well, we're going to be close together and it'd be easy to start building this portal because we're going to almost be neighbors, 40 minutes apart, but we're still neighbors. And um, so like Zita said, we said, okay, we're going to do it. I said, okay, development. So we got our developer and we just started doing a brain dump on, you know, what's out there, but what needs to be done and how can it be done differently? And that's how we started out. <clears throat> and I actually got a, I have a follow-up to that. Cause so here we go down some, some rabbit holes um, because sometimes I don't think meeting and event planners, <clears throat> you know, they'll, cause you know, we build a lot of the, cause I, you know, I do third party planning as well. And we build a lot of the websites that for, for events and, and I, so how long did it take to develop it? Because I think that's one of the things that planners sometimes don't understand is the period of time that development actually takes time, right? So, so how long did it take to go from, let's say the day you started development until you actually had a product? Because, you know, with a lot of things, I, I just don't think that sometimes, you know, I, I have a feeling I know what the number you're going to say is, but I think it would be important for planners to know the type of work that goes into these things, that it isn't easy. Well, <laughs> I know, I know, Zita. see, the pause, the pause tells it all, right? Yeah, the pause yeah. tells it all. <laughs> you know, it, it's because I'm hesitating because it's ongoing. And so, so the product is never finished. So I would say to get the core piece done, um, it was longer than six months. It was pro probably about eight months to get, yeah. get the uh, project um, to a place where we can show it and, and have people play around in it. Uh, but 
like I said, it's an ongoing thing because you new technology, new ideas come about and and you know, we are, you know, we have another phase. We are working on on some improvements now. So uh, that's why we're always talking to to each other. Um, we're always talking to our our developer and we're setting up schedules on on little things, these little things that uh, will make the experience even more enjoyable. Yeah, and uh, so was I right on the on the time frame? Was that the same? I, well, you know what, mine was mine was one year. So yes, very very close. Yeah, you know, and and these two, and and I love the fact that you said it's it's not really finished, right? It's always done. It's all it should always be improving. I mean, I think that that's another, um, you know another big problem with technology is so many platforms get to a point and then they stop, right? And then it's two years before they roll out updates where you guys always seem to be doing a little bit at a time so that it's always getting better. Every time you go back, it might be something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and I know one of the questions that we have is, is, you know, what else do you guys do? But why don't you tell us a little bit about RegMats and tell us about the platform? Yeah, what does it do? Like, how yeah. does it do? And, and I would be interested to know from each one of you, like, as you're talking, Zeta, I want Laurie to say, yep, that was a pain point. That was a major pain point. And I used to get on because, I mean, we're all, we're all planners, right? We know. We're talking to each other right now. Our audiences are us and some suppliers, too. And we need to talk about that stuff. The rubber meets the road right here. This is not about the flossy stuff. This is like, yeah, you know that data didn't come in right. Or, you know, mm -mm. what is it, Zeta? That mm-mm? Yeah, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, you know, Lori had mentioned earlier, we wanted to keep it as simple as humanly possible. Um, and coming from a marketing background, I also know that you can't click too, you can't have too many clicks. If you have more than three clicks, then you lose people. So we, we, we combine. I say that all the time. <laughs> so when you combine, you know, those, those ideas, you know, sitting down with our developer, he understood. And, and that's one thing that we love about him. He, he, he teaches. Uh, and so he understands things pretty easily when when people that speak non-tech language, and he can he can convert it into you know his technology um, you know way of thinking. So making it as simple as possible was I would say our first pain to overcome mm -hmm. to make sure that that stayed in place. And I and I don't know if Lori will agree with me on this one, but I think that the cost was also something that we needed to overcome um you know the, the you know she has encountered with working with her customers on just so many different types of pricing points or price points and we wanted to keep it very transparent and easy simple just click on this if, if you want uh, these services you click on box a if you want extended services you click on box b and then soon um i, I would say around the fourth of july so i'm giving you all a heads up you will yes. see a third box and that third box will be um our app which is under development it's in it's uh, in the testing phase and so you'll be able to add your app to these conferences so it's very simple the pricing's there it's outlined um so that people understand what they're getting for the price 
uh, the different price points and you know, so there's very little questions. You want to um, alleviate as many questions as possible. So there isn't any, any hiccups with, with, uh, with, with going back and forth and, and delays with making decisions. Um, you want to make sure that you're answering as many questions up front as possible and then people um, can see it. You know, so that's the transparent part. And then with the system being as easily as used as possible or just seamless, then you know it's just a couple of clicks just to add and and you know just add your information, add your graphics, and you're pretty much done. I mean, you can't get any simpler than that unless it could. It's telepathic. <laughs> <laughs> it's someday, not yet. <laughs> it's someday, someday. <laughs> so um, you mentioned a little bit about uh, like additional resources, the app coming up. Tell tell us a little bit about what that means. So. You have, we said it's a registration system, right? Um, we know most people know what a registration system is, right? But at least tell us highlights on um, a little bit, because you know, when, when, when our audience listens, they're not gonna be able to see it. Of course, on the show when we do our uh, push to our Facebook page, they'll be able to see it. We'll have some screenshots and things like that. But just kind of walk us through just a little high level on what it looks like. We've got a landing page. We know we need to have it. What? What's exciting about it? Okay. So, okay. So, you know, one of the things, this, the, from the very beginning, we have, um, you know, when you add your graphic, you understand that, you know, every meeting planner has a graphic for, to announce her event or his event. And it has a, a particular feel, look, and color. Well, once you add your graphic to this uh, system, which is just a, a, a click, add, and save, that's it. Uh, that graphic takes on the background of your overall website. So you, you, you maintain the look and the feel throughout the, um, you know, your, your pages. And you have multiple pages. So for instance, you have your landing page, as you had mentioned. Then you also have um, your actual registration page where you have information that you collect data from your attendees. You, uh, you also have information about the hotel or the venue that you're utilizing. You can add on additional um, pages such as general information if you wanted to add tours or if you want to add information about transportation to and from the airport anything that's pertinent to your to your event um, so you have these pages and they all will look uh, in sync because of the of the colors that you that are pulled from your your um, your graphic that you initially use so so are you seeing more uh, now that we're all all having to produce virtual events, right? Mm -hmm. um, how, what have you seen or how has the product shifted or did the product even have to shift when we have, have been forced to move on in this digital space? That's a very good question. So um, we, we knew this early on through our beta testing, but we wanted to make sure we got through a time period where we had enough testers and, and users. But one of the most important things that we've learned is, has to do with the registration page. So um, we have, what we, what we learned is, is that we need multiple registration types and pages, not just one basic where you would add in, let's say, um, 
you know, let's say you have a, a, a meeting planner and you have a supplier, and that is easily added. That's a those are two different types of registrations. Now, now where you'll be able to, or pretty soon you'll be able to have um, dedicated pages for uh, a, a meeting planner. And so you have uh, details that are just specific for meeting planners and they'll be able to see that. And then you can have a separate page for suppliers and then it can be for exhibitors and it can grow to additional levels or types. So we only had one registration type page which you can add all of the information in there. But what we realized is that we wanted separate information um, for each of these uh, when the customer needed it. it they may not, uh, not everyone may need it, but we found that that was an important thing. And so we're customizing and we should have that done um, by, by the first week of, of July when we, when we launch our app, right? Right? Um, yeah. Right? That's correct. And don't forget to mention about the matchmaking component. Yes. Well, yeah, I was, I've been waiting for that part. I mean, I'm just saying, it's, it's I'm just saying. Just, it's just more than just registration. We have a matchmaking component, which is a registration process for, um, for like maybe exhibitors want to meet with meeting planners in an exhibit hall. Um, so we have all those informations and we can merge them and they can meet with who they want to meet with. We also have um, uh, what we call batch creator, which will definitely print all the badges that the meeting planner want. Um, you can put the graphic at the bottom. Um, you can set them up for all different sizes. I think we have, what, eight, about eight different sizes, Zita, of badges. And you put the information in and you click and it automatically populates. Yeah. So, so you said you said that meeting that, that the exhibitors can network and match because of course this is a match part of reg match. But yeah. what about attendees? Are they able to go in there and talk to each other? Or is it just exhibitors to be able to be matched accordingly that way? So tell, tell me how it, how it works. Oh, I see. Is it attendee to attendee or is it just exhibitor to attendee? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's an exhibitor to an attendee. Perfect. 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 So we're seeing more. Go it's ahead, a, Zita. It's a business to business yeah. opportunity to network. Perfect. So appointments. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. And I, what, ahead, a, what a selling point, though. When so, let's say that I have my, <clears throat> you know, you know, I want to bring exhibitors in. Okay, great. You know, they have their lead retrieval or whatever. You know, everybody does that. That, that right. But when you can actually add the matchmaking component on top of it. Um, and set the appointments. I mean, that I think to an exhibitor that makes your event or your conference. Um, it, it just takes it to a new level on how much value it provides to the sponsors and the exhibitors. Right. And, and I have one client that has, you know, their event has, let's say 50 exhibitors. Then on top of that, they have 20 sponsors, right? And then the sponsors themselves don't really have a booth, but using this, they could actually set appointments. Um, and uh, you know, because they, we, you know, for all those sponsors, they actually get their own private meeting room. Well then they, you know, the way that it currently is, they have to go out and they have to find the attendees and make those appointments. Whereas this could actually do it for them, which I think that's a huge thing. It's in value. And see that's, that, those, those are, that's huge. I mean, literally we have the ability of being flexible because when I've seen the product and been able to work with it, it seems so simple and easy, just like you talked about. But if, it, no matter, so what, 
what I'm observing is no matter what I'm currently using, you, I can still use you, right? I don't have to be locked into, even if I'm locked into other contracts, I can still utilize your services, correct? Correct. Yeah, correct. That's correct. That's a good thing. It's a good, good, good thing. So I'm going to turn the conversation over to something that's present day, if you all ladies don't mind as we're um, wrapping up a little bit. The thing that, that's going on in today, as we know, is a very, very trying times and emotional times in our, in our world and as well as in our industry. And uh, what has happened is unfortunate, but I am a firm believer that um, Things cannot change unless there are negative and positive energies that are working, right? And then those seemingly negative energies can turn to, from, to positive situations. So tell me what you think as a landscape, as two Black women who have decided to force the way in event technology, which I have never seen. I have not seen any event technology in technology led by Black women can do moving forward to help educate our industry and push for maybe initiatives or things of that nature that we can help empower the rest of the industry from a technology's perspective. Because what you're doing, you took the first step, right? But what do you think the next step can be? Well, I'm hoping that we'll be able to share our experience with building, because so many people don't know uh, what it takes to create and build a platform like this, I'm hoping that we'll be able to share our experience with um, other individuals in an African-American community. Um, and also, you know, hopefully they'll be able to participate in some of the um, ventures that we are um, spearheading in the future. We have dreams and aspirations to grow this company and and you know, we, we believe in bringing people along with us. So, you know, that is, that is my, my heart and what I'm hoping that we'll, we'll see happen in the future. Um, it, it, this is a very difficult time and I think education is uh, paramount in, um, in, in all aspects. And if, how we can share our tool to help that along, I think, um, you know, we'll be doing our little part as well. Okay. Lori, did you want to add anything? You know, I think from my background, mentoring the youth and from what we're seeing, the youth is the cornerstone of what's happening now. They are out there participating. They have the, we won't quit attitude until, you know, until we get what we want. And I think if we can reach out to the youth and to, like Zita said, to show our experience and teach them and, and be there to support them or if they, you know, what they need to continue to move it forward. But I think that, you know, I've been in this business close to 40 years. So, you know, it's time, I think, to start shifting back to the youth and educating them and showing them the way so they can continue their mantra on what they're doing today. Absolutely. Definitely. Keith, what, um, any closing remarks that we could say for the ladies? I'm really happy that they're here. You know, we are always on the impetus of what is new and exciting with technology, and also what is new and exciting with event technology. Um, and as a company like Regmas, they can do so much 
right now, right? To be able to not only educate on the simplicity of the product, right? To educate on what um, uh, the, the event technology space should be and craft those messages, right? And then, and then also hopefully train others and, and the youth to come along and say, these are opportunities. You can have jobs here. You can do this. Our industry as a whole, but then also within event technology, not just technology. Right. Yeah. Well, and I got, I, I just have, I, I think, three points. Um, number one is when after the app debuts, please come back because <laughs> I'm actually very excited to learn about that. <laughs> um, the, the, the second thing is, you know, I, I think, I, I hope enough people listen and I, to, to this program because I want planners to understand that there are more options out there than they think, um, that they do have options. Um, and then from, you know, a current event standpoint, you know, what I hope to see is I hope to see that someone watches this program and it opens up the door to senior executive positions and the boardroom um, for some of the youth that you talk about, right? You know, especially, you know, whether it's, you know, African-American women um, who are very underrepresented in both of those places, you know, just, you know, having a look at this product, they need, there needs to be more people in, in those locations. And so I hope that this is one of the things where somebody might, a light bulb might go off. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's wonderful. Ladies, it is so, it is, I am elated, of course, to have you here. Um, it's definitely timely um, for you to be here. The product that you have, to me, should be shared with the world. Um, people need to know who you are and see your faces and know what you're doing so that they're no longer, especially in our industry, to say, well, I couldn't find them. I don't know. They don't exist. No. Yes. We all exist. We all have talents and gifts that we can give back. So on behalf of myself and Keith at the Event Tech Pull Up, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's been great.